pray. Father, thank you that we can be together. Thank you that you're here right now. Thank you that you're already working in everyone that's here. And Lord, I want to ask in Jesus' name that we would all leave today more confident in you than yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Lord, that we would leave more confident in you than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I am, uh, I'm very excited about this series that we're on, The Fruit of the Spirit. I thought Jason did a beautiful job last week, and if you missed it, I encourage you to get the podcast talking about how the fruit of the Spirit is how we measure whether or not we're actually succeeding in this life. There can be activity and no fruit. We could be busy and not be accomplishing things. We could be accomplishing things and they not be the things that God wants. Amen? And so what we want to do as followers of Christ is we want to make sure that we're measuring the same things that he measures, that we're producing the very things that he wants to produce, and that we're not simply looking at activities or certain emotions or, or certain habits and saying, ah, oh, there we go, that means we're doing well. That doesn't necessarily mean that. It's not that they're wrong. It's, their activity is beautiful. Busyness is beautiful. Um, in fact, there are good habits that are beautiful, but we may be going through them and still not be bearing fruit. And if we don't look for the fruit, then we don't have anything to measure by. And we know in the scripture that God has said, I've actually given you, I've actually given you some things that I expect Christ will produce in you through the work of the Holy Spirit and through you co-laboring. And so that's what we're talking about right now. And... Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. Let's just begin with Galatians 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's like the whole plot line to a sitcom, isn't it? You know, one of, one of the things that I do want to point out, just as a little fun fact for you, but that, that word sorcery there, right after idolatry, it's, uh, it's witchcraft in the, in the King James Bible, and you see it in a couple of other spots, and that word witchcraft, that word sorcery there, the root word is pharmakia, where we get our word pharmacy. And pharmakia is the practice of taking certain mind-altering drugs and having a spiritual experience. And so much of the times when you see witchcraft in the New Testament, it's talking about practicing witchcraft. It's the same thing where you're taking a, you're taking a medication of some kind. You're taking some kind of a, of a mind-altering drug and having a spiritual experience, going to, going to that for your comfort, going to that for your rhythm of peace. 
Now, I'm not saying that our pharmacies are, are wicked or bad. I'm certainly not saying that. But I am saying that, uh, that in light of some of our recent legalization of marijuana and some of these other things, and I would add in, by the way, if, if, uh, if one is going to, to um, drunkenness in order to medicate so that you can feel like you're okay, I would say you're probably dabbling a little bit in some pharmacia there, some, some, some looking unto a substance in order to alter where you are as a practice of your lifestyle. And, and I, I just want to mention that to you because I think it's important that we understand that God is saying, listen, I, I gave you life and life abundantly. I am your source of peace. I am your comfort. I am the one that you come to. And so if we're creating habits where we need, whether it's a over, oh, constant over-the-counter, I mean, I've, I know I've worked with many who, who started out with, with some, some pain in their body and ended up addicted to over-the-counter drugs. So I'm just saying the enemy comes in different ways to try to tempt us and cause us to become addicted and in the practice of seeking comfort and healing from places other than him. Um, I'm, I'm in no way, of course, saying that it's, not in, that it's inappropriate for uh, medical reasons to, to assuage pain while you heal. But I think it's worth mentioning that, that those addictive things are also mentioned in the word. Isn't it cool that God thought of everything? So he's, he's good like that. So if we're doing these things, we are not inheriting the kingdom of God. If we're responding to the desires and the passions of the flesh, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. He continues on. But the fruit of the Spirit, oh, the good news, here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. We didn't have to legalize it. It was already legal. <laughs> Praise God. Now, there's an interesting... Oh, let me, I'm sorry. Let me, let me continue and finish this, this scripture here. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, then let us also walk by the Spirit and let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. This is, a, this is an important... This is an important turn here, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's, it's its own message, but I want to pause for a moment and, and perhaps maybe for some of us give you some homework to consider this, and, uh, and for some of us, you can just make that decision right now, praise God. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its, passion, with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. For many of us, we need to ask ourselves the question, have I surrendered this life to God? <laughs> As we're getting into this fruit of the Spirit, and I'm going to begin to talk about it, and I'm going to major on that part, but this is an important question. This is, this is, this is homework for you. If you have found that your life is increasingly challenging, and you're finding that you have more things from that other list than you would care to talk about, or care to admit, and you're having less things from this list, more of the passions and desires and less of the fruits of the Spirit. Some of us need to ask the question, have I actually surrendered this life to God? Or am I trying to co-lead with Christ? Is he the Lord of this life or is he an addition? Is he my spiritual self-help program guru? Because some of us are trying to bear fruit that's in line with the Spirit but we've not actually taken the time to die with Christ. Or perhaps, you know, we've seen, sometimes we can pick up some old bad habits, you know. I used to be, Lord of the, of the, I used to be the Lord of my life. 
I started following Christ and it was going good. I got tempted by be, about being in control in some things. And now I'm sort of the Lord of my life in the places that I want to be Lord. And then he's Lord of the other places. And it's good. We've got, a, got kind of an agreement there. I mean, I give him most of it. I give him most of my I've got, just got a couple of areas. If that's the case, I want to encourage you. Here's great news. If that's the case, you will find that if you're having a hard time backing away from certain areas, they might be besetting sins, they might be areas where you just constantly find yourself with anxiety and frustration. The good news is it may be that you simply need to go back and say, Lord, I am so sorry. I just realized that I use the word my life, I mean the phrase my life quite a bit, and I just realized that is not a real statement. If I'm a follower of Christ, it is your life. It is this life that you have given me, but it is not my life because I no longer live. Christ lives within me, and the life that I live, I live in Christ. It is not my life. So the great news is, if that's you, if that's resonating with you, then you can actually take the time, and we'll have the prayer servant team up here at the end of the, at the, end of the service too. You might want to come up and say, that is so me. Like, I, I believe in Jesus. I gave him my life when I was 16. I took it back when I was 16 and a half, and I have never given it up again. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's a huge step is to simply say, you know what, Lord? I want to, I, I am dying to my right, to my life. It is now your life. Now, please start forming fruit in me, and I'm going to spend the rest of the time talking about that, but I, but I think it's important for us, okay? Are you guys, can you receive that? And that's great news, by the way. It's great news, by the way, if you keep having nasty fruit springing up, you'd be like, you know, that looks like fruit of the old man. That mushroom is growing out of a corpse. That corpse is me. Well, just let it go. Amen? All right, let's keep going. Now, let's get into the Spirit. So if we live by the Spirit, then let us walk by the Spirit, and let us not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. I love that. He, you know, we see the list of, of the works of the flesh, factions, arguing, outbursts of anger, right? And he says, let's not do that. Let's, let's not be boastful, challenging each other and envying one another. That's not spiritual. It's not spiritual to tell other people that you're more spiritual than them. I'm just more into the Holy Spirit than you, I guess. Me and him are always having revelation together. I don't know what it is that you do over there in your conservative ways. We charismatics understand better. We're more favorite. That's a joke. <laughs> that is not the fruit of the Spirit. Such boasting. Let's continue on. John 15, 1 and 4. I'm going I'm to lay a foundation here for what good news this is that we get to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Here we go. First we start in John 15. Jesus speaking says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Remain in me. Other translations say, abide in me. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. How many of you are just breathing a sigh of relief right now? Like, oh. Do you realize Jesus just, okay, you will in a moment then. I'm gonna, we'll take one together. You realize that Jesus just said he has no expectation that you will actually bear fruit by yourself? Amen. Yeah, right? There we go. We got one. We're gonna get all of you pretty quick here. 
Jesus just said, unless you abide in him, he does not have any expectation that you can bear fruit, which means apart from him, which is what he just said, you cannot do anything. That is a huge, huge sigh of relief. You're getting it. Here we go. Let's continue. John 15, 8 through 9. This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. I love that. This is my Father's glory, that you're going to bear fruit. God, our daddy, is committed that each one of us and us together are going to bear fruit. He doesn't expect we can do it without him, but he knows that with him, we're going to bear fruit. Come on. Now, I want to I just make sure that this is locked in. I want to lock this in, all right? Because I feel like some of you are confused. You're like, so, so with him I do, without him I, with, I do or I do? Let me just show you. Okay. This is abiding. This is not abiding. All right? If you abide in me, ah. if you depart from me, ah, apart from me, okay. Here's the one we want. Oh, yeah. You guys got that? You want me to do it again? <laughs> well, I can't work this technology to do it. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so let's continue. What we want, Josh, call it my bluff. All right, <laughs> Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. This is, this is a huge point. We have been saved by God's work, not our own. So this shapes and determines how we relate to bearing fruit. He started it. It's his workmanship. You remember that? We're his workmanship. It's his workmanship. He's working in us. He saved us by faith. None of us can boast that we're saved, and none of us are going to boast when we bear fruit. That's a huge point. It begins to change the emphasis for how it is that we're going to bear fruit. Now, here's an interesting thing. I'm gonna, I want to just talk, okay, we are, a, we are a charismatic stream of the church of the universe, okay? God has one church. We are one stream. We are one tribe in it. We happen to have an accent that we enjoy a charismatic expression within that one church. Are you guys with me? Here's an interesting thing for us as those that, true, that, 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 that enjoy that part of, of, of what the kingdom is doing. We really like the activities and the, and the fun of what Holy Spirit does in some of those activities. Like we love to prophesy, right? I mean, how many of you love to prophesy? Come on. We love to pray for the sick and see them healed. Those of us that are, that, some of us really like it when just something's happening. Somebody gets prayed for and you're like, Poof. you know, we're like, that's awesome. God is moving. Wonderful. That's wonderful. We like it when, you know, Steve got a word of knowledge today. He, he, got the, he got the sermon. He got a word of knowledge of the sermon and came up and goes, man, I feel like I got a word to share. That's stinking awesome. We love that, right? God's moving. That's wonderful. Very, very cool. Here's the thing. 
Those are all really beautiful activities and works of Holy Spirit. None of them are fruit. So, so as those that enjoy a charismatic expression of serving the Lord, we can actually be tempted to believe that those works are what are proving that we're actually bearing fruit. In other words, we believe that our works are saving us. We believe that our works are justifying that our existence is counting. Are you guys getting this? That can be a temptation for us. Now, we might look at another stream and be like, oh, those guys, they just think Bible studies is what it's all about. So hoity-toity and whatever. We've got the movement of the Holy Spirit. Well, good. Praise God that they're Bible studying. Let's go to their Bible studies, by the way, learn a few things. But may none of us believe that it's our works that are actually justifying us, that are actually causing us to have a sense of glorying in God. Because you know what he says? That none would boast because it's his works. Are you guys seeing that? And what we're looking for is the fruit which we're going to talk about. So I am in no way minimizing any of the activity because I love it just as much as you and I want to see more of it. And may we continue to be faithful in it, but may we never be confused that it equals fruit. Because if we do that, we have actually returned, as it were, to the law that we're justified by works. And then you know what that means? That means on a Sunday where nobody gets a word of knowledge and maybe nobody that we noticed gets healed and maybe nobody prayed in tongues and nobody got excited and manifested a little bit physically. Nobody had goosebumps. Nobody had a vision. We didn't see any angelic visitation. And we go, oh, yeah, nothing happened today. And what we didn't see was that the shalom of God is among us. That the patience and kindness and faithfulness and self-control and love and joy and shalom was among us. And we came together and worshiped the one true God, the fruit of the Spirit. Let's rejoice in all of it. But let's not become enslaved and confuse activity with fruit. Let's not minimize activity, but let's not confuse it with fruit. Amen? So this shapes, this shapes how we determine how we're going to relate to bearing fruit. You see, we are fully dependent on him to bear fruit. This is huge because otherwise, as I just shared, we start looking for certain activities and we go, if I just do this activity, then I'm going to bear fruit. Again, that's a, that, that when he's speaking to the Ephesians, he's saying, you can't go back to that. With the Galatians, he's going, you started in the Spirit. Are you going to return to the law? Are you going to practice a certain thing? Pop a quarter in the, in the Holy Spirit machine and put, puts out the fruit? Are you going to do the right things? Are you going to go and become again enslaved to the law? Are you going to start with some certain disciplines and then count on those disciplines to create fruit? Disciplines are great. As a, as a starting point, but if you never encounter Jesus, you won't actually bear any fruit. You'll just have a religious practice. Are you with me? And disciplines are good, but they're not enough. You see that? 
So this is, this is how we're looking. We're going, oh my goodness, there's good news. There's good news. I am actually saved by faith, not of myself. I cannot boast. I am his workmanship. Remember I said the thing about I want you to leave more confident in God than you've ever been before? I want you to leave going, I am dad's workmanship. I am, I am, he, this, he's doing this. He did this and he's doing this. This, he did this and he's doing this. He is working. He's working in us. And I want you, I want you to see something too, that what God is doing is eternal and everlasting. What he's doing here in Christ Center, here in our valley, here in our, in our state, in our nation, it's not just for this year. It's not just for this day. It's not just for the next hundred years. It is forever what he's doing in us. His workmanship lasts forever. It takes time to do what he's doing. What, when I look down at you, <laughs> look down at you, that sounds perfect. He, we're all equal, but I am looking down on you. No. When, when we look at what God's doing in one another and we see the process that we're going through, the thing you need to understand is that his workmanship is amazing and it's in light of eternity. So, so you might be going through a season right now and you're like, boy, this is really lasting a long time. It's like, I, I feel like the Lord's been working on patience in me for like 41 years. And he totally is, right? And some of you are like, oh, longer for me. You're the ones that need to be at the men's thing, Josh said, by the way. So the point is, he's doing a good work. And when we look at this and go, oh, my goodness, I, I should be further than where I am. I should be further down the road than where I am. And you, and you start to feel frustrated. I want to give you some encouragement here that his workmanship is fantastic. He's very good at what he's doing. And there are some things that are very deep and very worthwhile and very valuable. And they don't happen in five minutes. He's actually shaping something in you. I, I think it was uh, Cormac McCarthy. There's a great, great quote that I, I like to mention often. And it says, it's always good to have an old man with you. Because no matter what you face, he's been through worse. Come on. I'm looking at Jason, not Red. It's, it's true. There's something about when I, when I sit down with Red that, and I say, Red, I am freaking out. And he doesn't patronize me. He just takes my little 41-year-old hand and he goes, come here, son. We're going to pray. And he, and he starts praying it doesn't even matter what he prays. The Lord just reminds me, this dude has seen worse. He's been through it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? When Red tells me, Josh, we've been through storms. You're going to be all right. And I go, you know what? You have authority to say that to me because you have walked with the Lord for 112 years. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It is a worthwhile process. What God is building in us is a worthwhile process. And there is fruit that he's forming in us that takes more than five minutes, that takes more than a year, that takes more than five years. For goodness sake, we, he takes 20 years, well, 18 for most of us, 
to raise our children just to release them to be adults. Nine months to just release them to come out of the womb. He does quality work. His workmanship is fantastic, and he's working in each of us. Are you guys hearing this? Isn't that beautiful? In the, in the, words, of, uh, in the words of Miracle Max from Princess Bride, don't rush a miracle, Sonny. You rush a miracle, you get rotten miracles. All right? We don't want rotten fruit. We don't want to rush. You ever had a hothouse tomato? Right? I mean, the difference between a vine-ripened tomato, come on, and a hothouse tomato. You cut one open, it's just, oh. The other one is just white inside, right? It's just, come on. The tomato, the people that don't like tomatoes, they're like, this is a stupid example. <laughs> Let me move on. All right, here we go. So, so, so you guys are hearing this, right? This, this, that, there's, that fruit takes time, but he is a master craftsman, and he is working, and he's committed to working, and it's him that's doing it. We're not boasting. It's not us. It's him. He's doing it in us and through us, and we're abiding in Christ. Now look, look at this. I love this. Romans 8, 25 through 26, he says this. But if we hope for what we do not see with person, I'm sorry, but if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. And in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we know not that which we should pray. Now, I love this because he's talking about us being completed in Christ. And we're going to be completed in Christ. Okay? Well, there's going to come a point where not only are we going to have it going on on the inside, but we're going to actually get a new body that can handle going up to daddy and jumping up on his lap and being like, what's up, dad? And not just going, because this body cannot handle that kind of glory, right? We're going to see him as he is, and we're going to be like Christ. We're going to be fully redeemed. We're going to get to see the invisible kingdom visibly. Are you, are you guys seeing that? There's going to be a fulfillment of this. But in the meantime, we're hoping for what we do not see. We're hoping for, we have an invisible kingdom that's inside of us and an invisible king that keeps himself invisible because it would destroy this body. We will see it at some point. But let me say this. We also hope for what we do not see in some places with the fruit that we're wanting to bear. But you know what? With perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Why? Because we're confident that the Father, the master craftsman, the one who's working in us and is faithful to complete the good work, that he's actually going to complete it. We go back to that place of abiding. We go back to that place of saying, Lord, I want, I want you to form this in me. How many times have you guys been going through a rough patch, right? I love this. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. How many of us have been in a hard situation, right, and our prayers is this, Lord God, please just get me out of this, right? Oh, Father, please get me out of this, right? Change the circumstances, Lord. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses because we know not what we should pray because oftentimes God has you right in the middle of that situation because he is producing some very glorious, very expensive, very perfection fruit in you. And you know what? That circumstance is actually cultivating it. And we're praying, God, get rid of it. And he's like, oh, no, no, I got a crop coming. Oh, it's going to be good. You're going to love it. You're like, I do not love it now. I do not love it now. You know, I actually kind of, I, 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 I think about Holy Spirit interceding for us because oftentimes, you know, I'll be praying. I'm like, God, is, I just want to just ask that you'd please come and help and get me out of this situation. And then I run out of words, so then I switch to my prayer language. Oh, don't shut that up. 
And I could just, I, I'm gonna laugh when we play the tapes later because I think it's gonna sound like this. God, get me out of this situation. I run out of words, switch to spirit language. God, please don't get me out of the situation. This is so valuable. Please continue to leave me in it. Father, don't stop until it's done. Whatever you do, don't stop till it's done. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> are you guys with me? <laughs> it's gonna be great. Okay, here's the point. Here's the point. If we understand that God is working in us, if we know that he's committed to causing the fruit of the Spirit to be formed in us, we can then abide in Christ no matter what's going on with the full assurance that no matter what you're facing, no matter, no matter any circumstance, that God is faithfully bringing a fruitful crop in you. And then we can take Romans 8, 28 and say, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And that's us. We are in Christ. We are abiding in Christ. It doesn't say God causes all things to happen. It says he causes all things to work together for good. So a lot of stuff happens that God doesn't cause to happen. But no matter what happens, he's still committed to you. And like a master gardener, he comes in and goes, oh, man, who? did this. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sew this up this way. I'm going to graft this in. Josh is going to have even better fruit now that that got torn off. I'm going to fix this up, and I'm working it to his good. We can have a confidence that no matter what happens, he's going to work it to our good. He's going to bring out fruit out of it. Even bad situations, he will turn and make that situation work. It doesn't mean he made the bad situation happen. Amen? Are you, are you becoming more confident? Can you receive confidence from that? That no matter what you face, he will work it to your good. He will change that horrible situation and go, this was brutal, but you know what? I will bring you a harvest out of it. I won't just leave you broken. I will graft this thing. I will fix this thing. I will heal this thing. I will change this thing. In fact, I will make this thing crush the enemy for what he did to you. Are you with me? I love this. Philippians 1.6. I did it in the message because I just like the way he laid it out on this one. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. He who began a good work in you will complete it. He who began a good work in each of us will complete it. You will bear fruit and that fruit will remain. You are bearing fruit and that fruit will remain because we are in Christ. We are abiding in Christ. Let me encourage you some more. Ephesians 6, 10. I did this one in the Amplified. So I like this word union. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. I want you to picture you're that branch, right? He, he's the vine. We are the branches. Here you are. You're growing out of Christ. You're in union with Christ. And you're drawing. You're empowered through your union with him and you're drawing on the boundless power of Holy Spirit through Christ into you, bearing the fruit of the Spirit. You have a right to do that. You're invited to do that. You won't bear fruit unless you do that. I say you, I mean we. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So we can have confidence 
that we can draw from him through the Holy Spirit at all times everything that we need in all things. That we can actually be going through something and say, Lord, if you said that I would abide in you and bear fruit and the fruit would remain, and if you said that you never leave me or forsake me, and if you said that you will complete the good work that you began in me, and if you said that we are your workmanship, then I have absolute confidence that I can come to you at any time and I can begin to draw those things that I need in every situation so that I will see every bit of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Now, I think this is an interesting, um, that this is interesting the way he wrote out the fruit. In another place, it says that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, joy, and love in the Holy Spirit, right? So we've been saved through the work of God, and the Holy Spirit gives us joy, peace, and love. That's, that's, that's birthed in us by the Holy Spirit. We have access to that. But I noticed that after this, and this is, this is just Josh's opinion, but I think it's a fun way to look at it, all right, is that after love, joy, and peace, then comes a lot of the more working it out as you go kind of fruit, right? The other people kind of fruit that flows out of those first three. What do I mean by this? It means that as I have love, joy, and peace, I have the capacity and the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to actually be patient with you and you. Are are you seeing that? Maybe I should say it this way. If love, joy, and peace is working in my wife, she has the ability to be patient with me. Is that more helpful? Yeah, that was probably better. That's better. Then we begin to see that fruit. We're drawing on it, and then we can begin to see more goodness, more faithfulness, more gentleness, more self-control. So I want to invite, I want to invite everyone today to make this a practical uh, exercise. One, do you, do, you, do you see that you have permission to draw from Holy Spirit? Do you see that you actually cannot bear any fruit apart from abiding in Christ and allowing the master gardener, the Father, to form Christ in you through the Holy Spirit. Do you see that? Apart from him, we can do nothing. He doesn't even expect you to bear fruit without him. So suddenly then you go, oh, okay. Do you see that you're his workmanship? So if all of these things are true, then my part in this is that I suddenly can say, well, then wait a minute. Then I have access to ask you to form those things in me. I can actually come to you and begin with the fact that I can't form that in me. No amount of effort on my part will actually form the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to have to abide in you. So what does that look like? And I'll just demonstrate how I do it. And if that's helpful, you you can borrow some stuff that I borrowed from Jesus with Josh's accent mixed in. I simply come before the Lord... And I remind my own soul. He already knows what's up, but I remind my own soul. God, apart from you, I cannot do anything. And I have several circumstances around me that I cannot change and that are not soon going to be changing, though I'm asking for you to help with them. But I, I, can't, I can't shift that. And Lord, my soul is disquieted within me. I, I have anxiety I don't feel peace right now. 
Lord, I'm abiding in Christ right now. I ask, Holy Spirit, would you begin to bear peace? Bring me the fruit of peace right now, God. Holy Spirit, would you begin to bring that strength into me that I would be at peace knowing that I am in you and you're in me. Holy Spirit, form peace in me. Let me bear the fruit of peace. Lord, I'm so weak right now. I'm tired. You said your joy is strength. Holy Spirit, will you begin to bear in me the fruit of joy? Will you form the joy of the Lord in me? I cannot stir up my own joy. Apart from you, I can do nothing. But I'm asking you, Lord, to bear joy in me to begin to form it in me by the power of the Holy Spirit. You raised Christ from the dead. Form joy in me now. Does that make sense? And what you'll find is that he does. He does. And suddenly you begin to have strength to continue forward. And the last thing that I would say is ask him, Lord, what kind of fruit are you working on right now in me? You're working all things to my good. You're going to complete the good work that you began. What are you working on right now? Because he'll tell you, oh, I'm forming some kindness with a touch of goodness and a ton of patience. I've been working on this crop for 11 years. It's really coming together. Thank you, Lord. Keep going, God. Keep going. But in the meantime, that made me nervous, Lord. I need more peace. <laughs> Amen? Amen? And I want you to know this. I want you to go away encouraged. He is faithful to complete this good work that he began in each of us. He is not going to give up. He is not going to give up. He is faithful that you would bear fruit, much fruit, and it will remain. Amen?